So according to a new report from a leading provider of forecasting services in Australian renewable energy, Reputex, gas companies in the Beatty Loo Basin are unlikely to make any money from fracking in the Northern Territory if they meet a government requirement to offset emissions. To talk to us about this, we have Hannah Eakin from the Central Australian Frack Free Alliance. Wera. Hello, Hannah. Hey, how are you going? Not too bad. For our listeners, let's start off, I suppose, in the most simplest terms about what this report tells us. So basically, um, the report looks at how much gas is likely to come out of the Beedaloo Basin, um, how many emissions would be, which so how much greenhouse gas would be released in different scenarios when they mine that gas. So whether they, if they get all of the gas that they're trying to get and that the government, the federal government is encouraging them to produce and supporting them to produce, how many greenhouse gas emissions would be released by that and how expensive it would be to offset this gas. And what offsetting means in this case is they, there is a, um, a, a policy that was made by the Northern Territory government that said that they would have to offset all of the emissions associated with fracking in the Beedaloo Basin, which means that for all of the greenhouse gas that release is released as a result of fracking, they would have to find a way to pay for the same amount of greenhouse gas to be taken out of the atmosphere, which in the Northern Territory is usually done by paying for um, indigenous fire management, so cold burning, so that there's less bushfires, less carbon released, and that creates a balance, which is what you call net zero. So this was um, a requirement that came out of the fracking inquiry, and the report basically looked at how much carbon they're going to release and how expensive it would be to offset or take out the same amount of carbon by paying for fire management or other, um, yeah, planting trees, other methods of doing that. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about the uh, the provider of forecasting services behind the report, Reputech, um, and why they undertook this report? Sure. So, I mean, the it's been well understood for many years now that fracking the Beedaloo Basin would have really significant impacts on climate change and that there was going to be a lot of emissions associated with it. But because it's um, complex calculations. There's been different numbers that have come out at different times. And there's often, um, we often find that when we say there's going to be an 8% increase to Australia's annual emissions as a result of fracking the Beedaloo Basin, for example, that companies or in some cases politicians will say, those numbers aren't true. You're getting them from people who are you know, aligned with you politically who are greenies and they're looking at the maths in a funny way. So Reputex is a really mainstream company. They do, they work for Santos and Origin, two companies that um, frack in the Beedaloo Basin or have produced research for them before and also for the federal government. So by employing them to do a study, what we wanted to show was to look at what a sort of mainstream market analysis of the implications of the Beedaloo Basin and the emissions that it would produce is and try and create some figures that no one could question. So um, the data that they've used is all very conservative and it says in the report that they've taken the most conservative measurements, the most conservative measurements for emissions, the most conservative measurements of how much it would cost to offset the emissions um, and they've used data that mostly came out of the fracking inquiry or was um, released by companies themselves or was federal government data. So that's we're not feeding them the information. We're just paying for them to crunch the numbers. And um, it's a common practice for 
companies, government, activist groups, whoever, to hire a company like this. And they, I guess it's on their reputation that they, they felt comfortable to tell these, to present the information this way and know that they won't lose their contracts with gas companies. So we feel that that is uh, sort of a fair way of, of demonstrating impartiality or objectivity. Is this report come out at the right time? We know that there have been grants that have been given to companies to explore fracking. Uh, so it looks like, uh, I'm not saying that it will happen, but it looks like that there is a push from both the Northern Territory government as well as the federal government to in- ensure that fracking occurs, bounce back the economy from, I suppose, downturns. Do you think that it's maybe a case of too little, too late? No, definitely not. I mean, we're definitely having a difficult situation politically at the moment. We have the federal government in particular really pushing for um, opening up gas basins very quickly and using public money to fund gas instead of funding the essential services like housing and health that we know that we need more of here in the Territory. But the reason that they're doing this is that it seems unlikely that the gas will go ahead without significant government support. It might not be economically viable without that. And what we've what we're seeing is at the same time as they're doubling down and investing in gas, globally, um, everyone is saying that there's not very much time left for fossil fuels, that we need to transition away from gas and coal very quickly, and that, that increasingly um, banks, customer countries like Japan, uh, international frameworks, everyone is saying that they don't support gas anymore. And that is every month you hear a new announcement that someone is pulling out of oil and gas. So what we see is the writing is on the wall that um, that cl- the climate change arguments mean that gas, new gas fields like the Beedaloo Basin are not viable. And we're just trying to support the argument that has been made for many years that now is not the time to be investing in new fossil fuels. The Australian Petroleum Production and Exploration Association has questioned this study's findings today. Um, They say it makes assumptions about the level of production in the gas field. What do you make of that suggestion? Well, we've modelled for, uh, Repitex has modelled for different levels of production in the gas field, a low, mid and high scenario. Um, In our media, we've been talking about the high scenario, so the most gas produced in the in the Beedaloo Basin and then the most carbon emissions. But that's because that is what the federal government, people like Keith Pitt who are pouring money into it, are saying it's going to produce this much gas. So we're going with what they're saying. But actually the report does talk to also if there was a small amount of gas or a medium amount of gas, what would the impacts be? And at all levels we're finding that the emissions would be significant in relation to the scale of the gas and would make and offsetting those emissions would be very, very expensive for the company, enough to make the gas too expensive to be commercially viable. We referenced it a little bit earlier, but uh, Resources and Water Minister Keith Pitt, Pitt had awarded grants to be given to a number of fracking fracking companies to start exploring fracking in the Beetaloo Basin. Um, uh, I believe it's only been one company that he's been giving grants to at the moment. We've heard Senator Malandiri McCarthy saying that there were questionable processes behind awarding these public grants. I know that there is a federal court case, I suppose, as well, to try and ensure that these grants aren't allocated. Uh, but can you maybe give us an, a, a likely scenario in terms of when fracking, if it does? I mean, you're obviously hoping it never happens, but um, delaying it could possibly you know, cause further issues, in, again, to the economy. 
I think what you're saying is, I guess with the, so the um, Minister Keith Pitt has awarded Empire Energy a grant of $24 million um, to accelerate what they call exploration fracking, which is the same process but much smaller. So they, they've applied to drill five wells in the Beedaloo Basin to look for gas and find out how much is there. This is the stage that we're at in the moment. So fracking is happening, but it's just to have a look around and then they'll make a decision probably at the end of 2023, 2024, about whether they move to production, which is what we have, say, with coal seam gas in Queensland, where you have hundreds and hundreds of wells and where they're mining the gas to sell. And so we still have, you know, a few years before we're at that point. And what the things that will determine whether they choose to go ahead, both how much gas they find, and that's, there's still a lot of questions around whether there is the mm. amount of gas to justify um, fracking in the Beedaloo, but also, you know, what how much government support they have, what the price of gas is, how much political pressure there is on them. So it's definitely not a done deal at any yeah, in any way. Mm. And mm. this money is really, I think, is the federal government being desperate to try and move things quickly because they know there's a very short window left in which they will be able to find a market for this gas. They want it to be mined tomorrow, but they can't do that. And so they're putting money into it to try and get it to happen very quickly because if it doesn't happen within the next few years, it won't happen. I was wondering if we could just finish off on maybe you explaining why this report matters to Indigenous remote communities both, I suppose, in the Territory and countrywide? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, here in the Northern Territory, we are very vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. Many bush communities are already struggling with summers that are getting hotter and hotter. And we know that this means that you need more electricity to keep your house cool. If your house, if you're, you don't have air conditioning in your house, it's getting harder and harder to stay cool. It means that we might have longer droughts and more intense wet seasons. So more storms, more cyclones, more droughts, all of these things that make it difficult to live on country. Um, and it also will put pressure on our water resources because you need, when it's hot, everything needs more water to stay cool. Country needs more water to, to, to um, yeah, for trees to stay alive. Everything, swampies need more water. Everyone, yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on these resources, which, you know, we only have so much of when we are living in arid environments. And because of this, it just seems like it doesn't make any sense for our government to be allowing something that will have a big impact on the climate globally, but also such a obvious impact on people here in the Northern Territory. And this is why we think that fracking really has no place.